Hello everyone and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we are going to be talking about the matches from week one of the major three qualifiers, some potential um, meta shifts as we're maybe hearing about, gunless back in the lineup for LAG, some teams bounce back, some teams fade in the matches last week, and then we're going to dive into our predictions for week two of the qualifiers for major three. Um, if you enjoy this one on YouTube, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. If you're on the audio platforms, if you drop a follow and a five-star review, that would be greatly appreciated if possible. Um, but without further ado, let's just dive right into it. Uh, like I said, first piece of news, Gunless, back in the lineup for LAG. Um, they posted a little tweet explaining that he's coming back in. Uh, I'm going to pull that up here. Uh, so they said, Los Angeles Gorillas roster update. With Gunless fully recovered, we will be moving him back into the starting lineup going forward. As a result, Spart will move to the bench and remain a substitute for our organization. Every member of our roster has played a pivotal role in our accomplishments this season, and we are extremely grateful for their contributions so far. We are excited to continue chasing new successes throughout the remainder of the 2022 season. Uh, so this wasn't like completely out of the blue. I guess it was a little bit because we haven't really had that many updates on Gunless's health. Like, we had heard, you know, he's improving, he's doing well, uh, but obviously he had a surgery, so you never know. Some Something like that could take a while to recover from, uh, especially since we know it's like a gut issue, but uh, they were kind of, obviously, for good reason, probably keeping things a little more um, under wraps because all of his personal information and health stuff doesn't have to be out there for us to know about. Uh, so it sounds like he's good to go. Uh, he's feeling good after the surgery, which is obviously awesome to hear, regardless of whether or not you think he should be subbed back in. It's obviously awesome to hear he's doing better. Um, and he subbed back in. This was kind of something you could see coming because of how bad LAG has been since uh, the Major 2. They haven't won a match. Uh, they didn't win any matches at... Or, no, I think they did win one match at the Pro-Am. Uh, but they didn't get out of groups. They get dead last. Um, and they haven't won a match here in these first two uh, qualifier matches. They're just really struggling overall. Uh, not necessarily that, like, Spart's been bad. It just seems like the team just isn't clicking, obviously. Um, and they... Before Gunless went out, they were kind of on an upswing. I believe they finished three and two in those qualifiers for major two. They were one of the best hardpoint teams in the game, and they showed a lot of promise in respawn. Obviously, they won major two on the backs of ten straight search and destroy victories with Spart um, finishing as the MVP. So for a little bit there, it seemed like you know Gunless is never coming back in because of Spart's performance, and then all of a sudden they couldn't win a map. So it's like eh, the easy thing to do is just sub Gunless back in uh, and see if you can fix it. Not sure if it'll be a fix because it's not like Spart was just hard costing this team and he was just horrible uh, by any means. It just seems like Spart earned his spot until maybe they started to struggle and with them going 6-0 or 0-6 map count this week um, might have been time. And I mean, Spart did have the worst KD in their match versus Optic. Uh, not that that's everything by any means. And then in the Minnesota match, um, he was their second worst KD ahead of Slasher, but uh, obviously... The transition is going to be Spart for Gunless because they do play the same flex role, so it's going to be pretty hard to sub uh, somebody else out unless they want to do something like wild uh, and try to switch roles around. But obviously, that's not going to happen since this team had just recently seen some success. So yeah, Gunless subbing back in. I'm excited to watch him play. Uh, I do think maybe overall he's a better player than Spart because, I mean, we've seen the history of Gunless. Like, he's been a very storied player and a very good top player for a long time. Obviously, Spart more of a newer player onto the scene. I definitely don't think this is the end for Spartan in the CDL, though obviously he showcased his talent at Major 2, that he is definitely capable of being a top player in the CDL. Just didn't seem to click for this team, uh, but I'm expecting Spart to get another chance, uh, if not this year, next year on a team, especially if we finally, hopefully, see some expansion. Expecting Spart to bounce right back. Uh, just an unfortunate situation. Obviously, 
initially Spart subbing in was unfortunate because of how quick it had to be. Then it turned into something great for LAG as they win an event. Uh, and now it's turning unfortunate again uh, for Spart's side and Spart's point of view. But good for Gunless, I guess. Um, to get a shot right away back in the lineup because Gunless has had some short straws drawn. He's been uh, benched by Huntsman, you know, the whole United situation back in the day. LAG, like a lot of his teams kind of crumble and he's benched or something or has to be traded and uh so it's good to see him maybe catch a break and hopefully like they said he's back to full health uh, and i'm interested to see if this improves them because based on the way the last few weeks have gone for them it can't get much worse uh another piece of news the tommy gun potentially being used in matches uh this isn't something like breaking like it's going to be used all the time or something but uh i saw a post from cdl intel um that said that the, the Tommy gun isn't quite a meta weapon yet, but Cami, Temp, and John have all tried it out during certain situations over the last few weeks. Uh, and then he mentioned something. Uh, somebody asked him, like, in what scenario would it be better than the MP40? Does it kill faster at close range? Uh, and the CDL Intel posted. Temp used it twice on P5 Tuscan. Cami used it on Berlin Control while inside the A point. Uh, so these points would make sense for what you would think. Obviously, P5 on Tuscan is that, like, upper room by B search. Uh, where it's just tiny it's a nade spam uh, like top well and obviously like that room is tiny every engagement you get in is pretty much like a five foot engagement so like a gun that shoots super fast like the tommy gun and is super good from up close would make sense in there uh, as well as a control on berlin if you're not too familiar with berlin control since it's newer uh, and you maybe haven't seen too much of the map it's that p2 on berlin so i mean obviously that's something that a Tommy gun would benefit in as well, because pretty much every engagement you get in, in, uh, in that point, especially if you're sitting in a corner is like right in front of you. So a gun that shoots super fast and is very good from close with a fast time to kill would obviously be beneficial. So this is interesting. You guys know me, you know, I'm always down for a meta shift and to see something uh, crazy get pulled out. I, uh, I was at major two and I really liked when the Volk got pulled out because the crowd gets so much more hype when they see something new, because it's something new and fresh and it can get kind of stale when you're just watching two guns be used at all times. So to see something new could be pretty fun. Uh, doesn't seem like it's going to like take over the MP40 at all, because as we know, the MP40 does have pretty good range for a submachine gun. And I can't imagine that the Tommy gun would have that kind of range. So maybe like a situational gun, but I'm always down for people swapping and, uh, finding different situations for different guns and kind of trying to shift the meta. So I'm excited for that. Hopefully it maybe becomes something like our certain situations in search and destroy. If they're pushing uh, more of a small site, like somebody pushes on to be on Berlin uh, in that tiny little room and has a Tommy gun out to help shred after like a post plant setup or something. So that'll be fun to look at. Uh, and we'll see if it ends up getting pulled out more, you know, maybe a team like Paris will do it because of uh, how much they've been struggling uh, since the slightly promising uh, pro-am performance from them. All right, now to talk about some of the matches and some of the ways we saw the teams play. Uh, starting out, not going to really talk about every team because some teams didn't have like a super eventful week. But first team, Thieves, had kind of an eventful week because they start out with a 3-0 over Ravens and then they get 3-0'd by Rocker. Uh, kind of the note I have down for them here is who are they? Uh, we see them, obviously, like I said, 3-0 Ravens. And it's like, okay, you know, maybe this roll swap's working. They're coming off a second place at the Pro-Am, uh, which is obviously the best finish of the year for them. And, like, we're kind of thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe this Thieves team is turning a new leaf and they're looking really good. That first match against Ravens, uh, Envoy is piecing them up with a 1.27. Even Kenny in the new role with a 1.02 starting to look better. Octane's over a 1. Draws is around a 0.9, which in a series like this, when your teammates are frying, uh, 0.9 obviously isn't anything too shabby, but a relatively quick series. They beat him on Gav, beat him on Berlin Control, then beat him, or excuse me, Berlin Search, and then a Berlin Control for the 3 0. Uh, overall, looked pretty good. Obviously, London playing with a substitute still. Uh, Harry, he has had more time to practice with the team, but still a newer player to the team. 
uh, and they're kind of going through roll swaps, trying zero on a sub sometimes, uh, which is a curious decision. But then you go into the later match, after Envoy and Kenny look to be improved as a sub duo, they both drop uh, Envoy with a .79 and Kenny with a .7 against Rocker. Uh, attach, fry them. Uh, Standy and Priesto with good matches overall and Havoc with a .92. But really, everybody on Thieves but Draza kind of getting pieced. Um, Octane was around a 1 as well, but Attach absolutely cooked them with an 83 and 59 series. Most damage in the lobby. Uh, so who are the Thieves right now? It's just tough to tell because, like, they beat a London team 3-0 that they probably should beat because of the changes London's going through and trying to figure out their identity now um, after a roster change and some role swaps. And then they play a, a newer team like Rocker, who's also kind of trying to figure out who they are and hasn't really had much success since they've subbed in Havoc. And they lose 3-0. Uh, so it's going to be a, a week of matches to kind of help us decide who Thieves are. And they do get a match against Surge as their only one. So kind of another team that they should beat because like Surge definitely aren't a bad team, but... They're not a team that's been wildly successful recently uh, since since Major 2, so it'll be interesting to see if these are able to bounce back, but they're kind of just a question mark for me at this point because we thought maybe we were going to find out that they're a really uh, good and consistent team after beating London uh, and then playing Rocker, what seemed like two winnable matches, but uh, they go 3-3 three and three map count and kind of leave us with more question marks. Uh, next team, Optic. Um, I don't know if we saw this coming. They go 6-0 and in map count on the weekend with Pro Loot. Uh, and I mean, Prolute, obviously a pretty good player, but they're playing LAG who we know struggling. So we thought that could be a win, but then playing Florida, uh, we potentially thought this would be a loss for them because Florida has had their number recently. Uh, and obviously with the substitute, you just never know. Like we know Prolute's a very talented player, but it's always different with the substitute when, you know, you're maybe on a little bit less practice. This Florida team's been together all year. They have a little more experience playing with each other. So you'd maybe expect Florida to be able to take it. Uh, but in typical Florida fashion, they get 3-0'd when we think they might win because they are just the hardest team ever to predict, really, across all three titles in the CDL era. Uh, but when you look at the match against LAG, Dashy had a 1.47, Shotzi with a 1.06, Skump with a 1.15, and then Prolude had a 0.91, which is basically filling in that Illy role because Illy usually is the lowest KD on the team. He's always hovering in there around that 0.9-ish area. Uh, and kind of filling in gaps on the map. And then overall, I mean, LAG just getting fried. But Skump looked especially good in this series. Obviously, Dashy putting up the insane numbers he always does. And Prolute filled in very nicely. Uh, then at the same time, in that Florida match, uh, kind of the same story. Florida overall got fried. Vivid and Skies really, really struggled. Uh, Skump had a .96. Everybody else above a 1.1 between Prolute, Dashy, and Shotzi. Uh, the one takeaway from this, obviously, Prolute filling in very nicely. And I heard people on the reverse sweep, obviously that's Aches, uh, Enable, Parasite, and Sensor. They were talking about how, like, oh, should Optic uh, debate keeping Prolude in the starting lineup for the entire year? Um, I don't know whether they should or not necessarily. I'm going to say no. The The answer, though, in short, is they are not going to do that. Um, we know the way Optic operates. Maybe when they should make a roster change, like a lot of people were arguing last year they needed to make a roster change. They just refused to do it because that's kind of how they operate. Unless like something absolutely has to be done, Optic pretty much refuses to make an in-season roster change. So I don't see that happening. Uh, obviously, if Illy's thumb isn't getting any better and isn't healing, they're going to keep Prolude in for now because they've seen a lot of success. So there's no reason to rush Illy back. But even if... Even if Optic goes like undefeated in the qualifiers and wins the major, I still don't think that they would keep Prolude in if Illy's healthy because that's just not the way Optic as an organization uh, runs things. I'm not necessarily saying I uh, think that they should bring back Illy if they just like don't drop a map somehow this entire stage with Prolude, but I just don't think they will. Uh, 
if Illy's fully healthy, I have a feeling that he's just coming back onto this roster no matter what, just because, like I said, that's the way Optic operates. But obviously, Pro Loot, um, the fact that even like the guys on Reverse Sweep were willing to discuss this as a possibility means that Pro Loot is showing out um, because Optic, obviously, potentially the best team in the game with Illy. Uh, definitely after Major 1, we were for sure calling them the best team in the game. And then they had fallen off a little bit because they finished 6, but they still look very, very good. Uh, but shout out to Pro Loot. Obviously, he gets the opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, it's really an opportunity of a lifetime as a challengers player who's never been in the CDL to be able to get a, a starting spot on any team, even if it's a fill-in spot. It's a big opportunity to showcase what you've got, uh, but there really is no better place to land than on Optic with Shotzi, Dashy, Scump, three extremely talented players, and you get to be on a huge brand like Optic. Like If you show out, uh, the Optic fans have shown that they're going to love you pretty much for your whole career as long as you're on their team and you show out. Uh, they're pretty much going to love you no matter where you go and support you as long as you're not playing the green wall. So pretty big moment for Prolude and hopefully for his sake, he's able to continue it because he's going to gain a large following and really change his life. And you love to see that. You love to see a guy uh, get an opportunity and crush it and make a name for himself. Because, I mean, really with these matches this weekend, unless something drastic changes, uh, I mean, he might have changed his life this weekend. So shout out to him. Uh, a couple more teams that I wanted to give a little talk about before we get into our predictions for week two phase a little bounce back week from them with the win over subliners and obviously with the way subliners have looked recently uh, we're considering them to be one of the better teams in the game probably a top four top five team right now coming off a pro-am win and uh, a good win over breach we're considering subliners to be one of the better teams in phase beat them 3-1 uh they go down in map one lose the berlin hardpoint 250 to 229 and then rattle off around 11 bow cage win a 3-1 gav control and then a 25 point win on a tuscan hardpoint uh it was good to see selium continue to stay in form obviously uh he drops a 1.3 that is basically like a free 1.3 for him in every series kind of crazy that we're saying that because uh it makes it sound like a 1.3 is something easy to achieve definitely not but that's just who selium is simp has 1.23 and a bz with 1.06 um not enough kills to go around for RCDs to also be above a one, but he has a 0.94. They overall in the kill department kind of handle uh, New York and outslay them pretty heavily in this match. Although the maps were overall pretty close, which could be a little concerning considering how much FaZe really outslayed them. Uh, they lost a hard point and barely won another. Um, overall, they mostly kind of slayed out in that GAV control, which is where the difference comes in when they win 3-1. Uh, and as we know, 3-1 on a GAV control is a decent margin because usually it's always around five with five defensive wins. So shout out to FaZe. We like to see them bounce back. Subliners also played it close though. So kind of um, something to look at for them and, you know, show that their their last few weeks maybe haven't been a fluke as they were able to win the Pro-Am and then play FaZe tough again. But we like to see FaZe bouncing back. I did pick, pick them to win because it's just tough to ever pick against them unless they're playing Optic this year, basically, because they seem to handle everyone else. Uh, unless it's a grand final, they've been uh, unable to close out those two grand finals they've been in, obviously. But... I mean, good bounce back for FaZe. Just wanted to uh, mention that. And maybe we're going to see them round into form again with two matches this week. And, I mean, they do play Optic, so that's obviously a tough one for them. And then they play Boston. So they seem to have Boston's number all this year. I don't know that that will be an issue for them. And then we got two more teams. Uh, three more teams I want to talk about. Paris. They fall twice. Seems like every time they show life, it fades so fast. Like, you know, they didn't have, like, a crazy performance 
at the major or excuse me at the pro-am but we did see them show life they make it out of their pool which is something that maybe nobody expected uh and they end up losing to the eventual champion subliners but you know they showed some life they showed some grit after going down 0-1 on the weekend they win two straight matches and they had to win in a 3-0 3-1 fashion uh, over the ultra academy they did so make it out of groups you know it's like hey maybe this paris team is showing life to potentially try to make a run at the eighth seed for champs and then they drop two they lose 3-2 to london uh and they lose both search and destroyers like pretty handily like overall round count against london was 12 to 3 which is obviously not great because london not known to be a fantastic search team so paris gotta be better than that they lose because they uh, get 235 by london which is also not something you'd expect you'd expect paris to be doing the 235 uh and maybe dropping both hard points not the other way around uh, it was kind of the typical story, you know, temp wasn't insane this series, but he was uh, one kill positive 76 and 75 gravity had a very good series, but you know, John and Jimbo not really pulling their weight overall, the subs on the side of, uh, London kind of dominated this series over the subs in the side of Paris. Just tough to see, uh, especially against a team like London, who, you know, this year has been good. But like I said earlier, going through roster changes, going through role swaps and stuff, trying to figure things out, and they're still able to take down Paris. Not a good look. And then another team, Surge, that has been struggling recently, is super up and down. Uh, Donnie drops a 1.46 in the series, and they lose 3-1, only winning the Search and Destroy. Uh, once again, though, like they get 3 out on Berlin Control, but the hard points, uh, 250 to 233, and then 250 to 232, although they did blow a bit, uh, kind of a big lead for a bow cage in that map one. Uh, Gravity, again, though, with a 1.07. Gravity and Temp this weekend played all right, but Jimbo uh, has another one of those series where he goes negative 48, 51 and 99 with a 0.52, and John with another 0.85. Seems like John is always at like 0.85 to 0.9, somewhere in that range, but Jimbo has such big fluctuations. Uh, in his performance that it's just tough uh, and they fall to an inconsistent surge team so just a tough weekend for Paris it's just like every time it seems like they have some hope to maybe turn things around and you know compete for that eighth spot they just fall right back into you know the Paris that we know rocker showed some life they won two matches attach was frying uh, that was good to see not only did rocker win two matches but they were 6-0 map count uh, in those matches and I know one was over gorillas who were really struggling but one was over thieves who looked okay uh, in their match against ravens with a 3-0 so good to see rocker uh, win in that fashion and also good to see attach frying and then havoc frying in one of the matches uh, obviously attach fried in both but um havoc looked pretty good and I believe it was it that lag match uh, I'm pulling that up here yeah, where Havoc had a 1.52, Attach had a 1.52 in the LAG match, and then a 1.41 in the Thieves match. So uh, good to see Minnesota frying. Granted, it wasn't against two great teams by any means, but hey, they've got to start somewhere. They've been looking really, really poor. So the fact that they're able to get two wins and start out 2-0, and uh, and put, uh, they position themselves in a good spot to potentially get uh, a winner's bracket spot at Major 3, which is something uh, I don't believe we've seen them have. They for sure didn't have it at Major 2. I can't remember Major 1, but... Uh, it's been so long with the, the mid-season break, you know. Uh, but anyways, Minnesota positioning themselves in a potential spot uh, to come on and take over a winner's bracket spot, which obviously is something that's super beneficial because we've seen um, firsthand in Major 2 that it can make a difference if if you get that winner's bracket spot and get a second chance at life in losers because LAG uh, showed that that was crucial for them in that tournament. Um, last team to talk about, Breach, look a little shaky. We only get to watch them in one match, and unfortunately for them, uh, this coming week here, looking at the schedule, they play London, who, I mean, maybe should be able to be a win for them, but then they play FaZe, uh, who's had their number all year, so Breach might be in the struggle point again, 
But overall, they just kind of got cooked. Uh, Methods with a .86, which is one of the worst uh, KD-wise series we've seen from him in a while because he's been frying this year. Cap, the only player positive. Uh, Everybody on the side of New York positive except Kismet out of one exactly, uh, 86 and 86. But New York outslays Boston. Boston looks a little shaky. Um, This series honestly went exactly like I would expect. Uh, New York wins two hard points in a control, and Boston takes a search. Uh, I've been kind of skeptical and a little lower on Boston than everybody all year. They continue to be a good, steady team that you can rely on to always keep a series close, but I just don't know if they can beat the top sleigh-heavy teams. Like Hydra uh, just kind of bullied them in the series with around a 1.3. He was 19 kills positive. Uh, I just don't know that Boston can match these top teams. I mean, if they're able to take a respawn, I feel pretty confident because I think that their search and destroy is so strong that as long as they're they're one of those teams, if they can steal a hard pointer or control, uh, I feel pretty confident that they can win maps 2 and 5 in search and destroy, but... I just don't know that you can count on them to win a respawn over teams that are maybe more talented in those modes. So it's tough for Boston right now because at any moment they can just finish top four off their search and destroy gameplay, but can they consistently win respawns is still the question. And I feel like if it's been a question for this long, I don't know if we're ever going to see them consistently win respawns. Uh, The last thing I wanted to talk about before I get into my predictions for next week are the standings currently here in the CDL. Um, we kind of got a little update as we're heading in towards the middle of major three, you know, it doesn't seem like it because it seems like the year has gone by pretty fast, especially since we had a month break in the middle. It doesn't seem like there's been that many matches because there really hasn't been, but we've got a standings update after week one of the major three qualifiers. Obviously the top eight teams make champs right now. I mean, optic and phase pretty locked in phase is number one at 190 and optics number two at 185. I'm pretty sure it's like basically mathematically impossible for them to not make champs at this point it's probably pretty much mathematically impossible for london to miss two they're in third with 140 uh breach in fourth with 120 gorillas with 115 and fifth and then sixth and seventh tied are thieves and surge at 80 and then we've got florida ultra and rocker in a three-way tie with 70 for the ace spot uh subliners at 50 with the 11th spot and then legion uh in the 12th spot with 20 so i mean honestly it's not out of possibility for every team to make it because legion are the bottom team and they're only 50 points behind ultra so uh or behind mutineers ultra and rocker who are tied with 70 so if uh, i don't think it's going to happen but if legion were to you know rattle out three straight wins they'd be all the way up to 50 points and have a decent performance of the major like any team could make it uh, and with the way subliners look we'd expect them to be able to make up those 20 points so gonna be a crazy end to the year uh and I guess we're, you know, halfway through the qualifiers for major three and nobody's really mathematically eliminated. Uh, I don't see any of these teams potentially being basically out of the running besides maybe the Legion after major three, but it's kind of exciting that at least all the teams are still alive to make champs and like you can see a road. I mean, Paris kind of a long shot, like I said, but they're still like not completely out of the realm of possibility with a good performance, uh, which is asking a lot for Paris, I guess, but kind of cool to see that it's not like it was last year where... Uh, it was a complete and utter blowout, and we basically knew the eight teams like halfway through the year. Uh, there's still some some parity and potential for teams to move up and down in the standings. That's going to do it for kind of news and uh, matches for last week. Going to jump into my predictions for this week and then get you guys on out of here. So this week is a little interesting. Uh, it's bounty week in the CDL, so this is something that they've never done before, but they're throwing some match, uh, some money on the line for some matches. Uh, it looks like there are six of them this week, which I believe, uh, I'm assuming the way they split that up, is each team gets one uh, one bounty match. And what that is is they're putting $10,000 on the line, so I'm assuming that means 2500 per player, which is a good chunk of change to win a league match. Uh, and those matches are Breach Ravens, Rocker Ultra, Gorillas, 
Mutineers, Subliners, Legion, Surge, Thieves, and then Optic Phase. So extra money in the line, maybe a little extra motivation for these players to win, even if you're not having the greatest year. Uh, if you win this match, you get a little extra prize money in your pocket, which is obviously something that's always going to motivate you. I mean, I think anybody for the hour and a half long series would like to make a quick 2500 bucks for winning it. Uh, it's a nice little extra motivation. So those first matches on Friday going to go over those uh all three are bounty matches so maybe a little bit extra for those players first match breach ravens as you should see on the screen here the little money bag represents what's a bounty match and what isn't this one is a bounty match uh boston versus london this is a interesting one because as you guys heard i'm not the biggest boston fan i just don't have a ton of faith in them to beat top teams however london maybe used to be a top three team but right now they're just a little bit shaky i wouldn't put them in that top three they're still figuring things out. I do think they have a certainly, they certainly have a chance to win this one, but I'm going to go Boston in a 3-2. And the reason I do that is because I just got done saying uh, Boston, you know, kind of struggle to win a respawn. And like, I think a lot of their series, if they can win one respawn, they win in a 3-2 fashion. So I'm kind of going off that. I think Boston are going to be able to take one of the hard points and then take both searches, uh, especially because Ravens have been a little bit sh uh, shaky in search all year and are working with a new player. So I think Boston's going to take this one 3-2. Probably, I'd say, I think they're going to maybe take maps 2-4-5 uh, and win it that way, winning one hard point because they're also not the best control team. So I do think Boston's going to take this one in a 3-2 fashion. Then heading on down to the Battle of the North, Rocker Ultra. This one got a lot more interesting because, you know, as of Major 2 and even into the Pro-Am, uh, we saw Ultra improve there, but... You know, Minnesota were really struggling before last week. Ultra seemed to be really struggling, but both of them seem to be kind of back on the up and seem to be improving. I typically tend to lean Ultra in this match always because since, you know, Cold War, we've really seen Ultra be the overall better team, except for when Minnesota comes back from down 4-0 in Cold War um, at the final major. So that's obviously a thing. But, you know, I tend to always lean Ultra in this. It's hard not to fall in the trap of really having a lot of faith in Rocker, though, because they did beat both LA teams uh, in total last week with a 6-0 map count. So hard not to fall into the trap of believing in Rocker, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to keep putting my faith in Ultra because I do think they're the overall better team. I'm a little scared, though, because of how much Minnesota fried and how good Attach was. I think that they could carry that over, and I could easily see them winning in like a 3-1 fashion where uh, Ultra only take like the search or something. But I'm going to go 3-1 Ultra. I think... They probably drop a hard point. I could see this easily being a 3-2, and only reason I'm not picking 3-2 is because, well, frankly, I think uh, if I pick 3-2 in this one, I might go 3-2 for every match on the day, and I don't necessarily want to do that. So I'm going to go 3-1 Ultra in this one. Uh, I think, man, I can't I can't pick what map uh, Rocker are going to win. I'd probably say maybe the map 1 uh or map two because i think ultra are probably going to close it out with a three and four victory obviously if they're closing out four they're winning map four but this is gonna be a tight series i wouldn't be shocked to see minnesota continue their momentum and i mean they'd lock up a winner's spot at the major with a win here all right final match of the day friday florida gorillas obviously gunless coming back in for gorillas so we'll see if they're able to maybe make a artificial honeymoon period or able to work him back into the lineup. Uh, I don't think that'll be too much of an issue because obviously, as we know, uh, the smarts and, you know, the strategy of the game is definitely not Gunless's weakness. He's obviously a very smart player, very good communicator. In Florida, you know, they're just all over the place. Uh, as we know, they're impossible to predict their matches. Uh, at times, they look like they're the best team in the game. Then at other times, they look completely lost. Like, we don't even know what they're trying to do. I'm going to put my faith in Gunless. You guys know I'm a fan of Slasher. I'm a fan of Gunless. I'm a fan of Asim. I'm a fan of Hook. I really like all the players on that team. 
Uh, I kind of have a little bias for them. I feel like, uh, you know, I was cheering for them at the major as they started to make their run. So there might be a little bias involved, but Florida is just way too hard for me to bet on. I bet on them last week. Uh, I was thinking they were maybe going to beat optic because of how they've looked against optic recently. And, you know, didn't know how pro loot was going to fit in. And I mean, Florida just lays an egg against optic. So that's just the way they are. Every time you predict them to win, they lay an egg. And now I'm going to predict LAG and Florida is going to come out three zero, smoke them and like probably the most dominant fashion we've ever seen. And they're going to make me look dumb yet again. Uh, I am going LAG though, and I'm going in a 3-2 fashion. I think when it comes down to it, Florida doesn't seem to have the game five ice, and I think LAG does with the more veteran players, so I think they're going to beat them in a 3-2 fashion. Also hard to pick LAG in anything other than a 3-2 since they've been 3-0'd so much recently. Uh, going on to Saturday, another one of those bounty matches, Paris Legion versus New York Subliners. This one's pretty easy to me. I'm going to go Subliners in a 3-0 fashion. Got to pick some 3-0s. I always say it. You guys know it's my motto. Uh, right now, Paris, you know, after the potential bounce back we saw from them, they just don't look that good. And subliners have impressed me. Uh, coming out of the Pro-Am, I still think they looked pretty good against FaZe last week. Uh, and then they obviously beat Boston, who we consider to be a pretty good team overall. So I'm going to keep my faith in subliners and say they're going to win 3-0. Thieves Surge, second match on Saturday. Two teams that we're kind of just questioning what their identity is. Surge, you know, they look great. They look terrible. They look great. They look terrible. Uh, we just don't know what their identity is at all. Uh, we can never put a put a finger on it, kind of like Florida. Same thing with Thieves. Uh, they run into a second place at the major, uh, make a nice run. Then their first match, they win, and it's like, okay, you know, Thieves beat London. They finish second at the major. They're looking solid, and then they just drop a 3-0 to Minnesota and get dominated. Uh, and Minnesota hasn't looked great recently, so kind of questioning where Thieves are at. This is a kind of a toss-up match. I do tend to lean Thieves, though, because I think they're going to be able to take respawns against Surge. Think Surge, I uh, definitely give them the advantage in the search and destroy. So I, I definitely think this is going to be an extended series, definitely not a 3-0. I'm going to go 3-1 Thieves, though, because I do think if it extends to a mat 5, I'm probably leaning Surge, because I trust their, their clutch factor and just flat out their search and destroy a lot more than I do Thieves. So I'm going 3-1 Thieves, but that's another one of those matches that it just depends on what team shows up, because we've seen both of them be great and look like they have potential to beat anyone, and we've seen both of them be absolutely horrible. Uh... I'm going to bet on the Thieves being able to win some respawns, though. 3-1. Next match, another one of those teams, speaking of inconsistent, that I've already mentioned. Florida, Minnesota. This one is actually not a bounty match. We've only got one left after this, and that's Optic Phase. This one is the Mountain Dew marquee match of the day for Saturday. Turns into a little bit more of a marquee match because, you know, Minnesota's looking better. Uh, and I think I'm going to rock with Minnesota. You guys remember uh, Minnesota. Obviously, Kyle's boys, he's going to be cheering them on. Uh, I'm rocking with Minnesota, though. Oh, man. What do I think here? I'm going to rock with Minnesota 3-0. Screw it. Uh, it sounds like a weird pick because Minnesota doesn't seem like the team that would win two respawns to close out a series right away, but I got some confidence in Minnesota. They won two 3-0s last week. I think they continue the trend after uh, having a tight loss to Ultra earlier in the weekend. I'm going to go 3-0. It's just like I said, I can't pick Florida anymore because every time I pick them, they lose. So Florida fans, if you're listening, you should be very happy I'm picking against them because no matter what I do, if I pick Florida they lose. If I pick against them, they win. So if you're a Florida fan, be hyped that I'm picking against them because they're almost locked in for two wins this week because of uh, the little curse that I seem to put on them. Uh, but like I said, Rocker 3-0. Uh, bold pick. I definitely could see it not going that way because of Florida, you know how they are. But I just think Rocker are looking improved. And I think with a loss to Ultra early in the week, if that actually does happen, I think they're going to be very motivated to get this win because they don't want to let a 2-0 start go to waste and all of a sudden somehow not make it into winner's bracket from that. Final match of the day, FaZe versus Boston. 
I mentioned it earlier in the podcast here. Faze seemed to have Boston's number this entire year so far. And I also mentioned with Boston, I feel very confident in picking them against your Londons, uh, your Floridas, your LAGs, your Surge, your Thieves, your Paris, uh, kind of those more bottom half teams. I feel more confident picking Breach against them than almost anybody because Breach seemed to always beat the teams they should beat. However, Breach seemed to not be able to beat the teams that are better than them. And I mean, at this point, I still strongly believe that Faze is better than them. I think this has 3-1 written all over it, though. Uh, Faze have looked very, very shaky in search, really, the past couple weeks. Uh, and overall, really, the last month, they haven't looked great. Breach, obviously, we know, always looking solid in search. So I think uh, Faze takes probably two decently dominant hardpoint wins. Uh, Breach win the search, and then they play a tight control, but Faze wins it. Uh, so I think 3-1 Faze. Moving on to Sunday. We've only got three matches, obviously. First one, Paris versus LAG. Two teams that are really struggling right now. Like I said, LAG subbing Gunless back in. This is another match that I feel is very toss-up-like. Uh, it might not be like the most sexy match because it's two teams that are really struggling. But obviously with LAG making the, the roster swap back, they might have a little bit of a slow period where they're trying to kind of readjust to each other's play styles. And Paris, you know, they showed that life like I mentioned, but they've looked shaky now since the Pro-Am. So... I think I'm going to go LAG here, but it's another 3-2 because I just don't know whether I can trust this LAG team. So I'm picking them twice this week, but I want to do it in a 3-2 fashion in both because I just don't know that they can be fully trusted to like dominate a team until we maybe see them look good with Gunless again. Then in our final bounty match of the week, it's also the marquee match, Optic Phase. Obviously, Optic playing with a substitute in Pro Loot over Illy. Uh, I mean, they played Phase with a substitute at the Major with General, and they were able to win that 3-2. Will they be able to do it with a sub again? Uh, Prolute seems to fit the team better. He seems to play uh, more natural, closer to Illy's role than General did. They seem to be flowing really well. Uh, they looked very good last week. And I know you hear the whole community talk about that FaZe has a mental block versus Optic. I don't know that I fully buy into that. I think FaZe, I mean, everybody on their team, I mean, Celium has the one ring, but everybody else on their team between Simp and BZ and RCs, they have two rings. Like they've won plenty of tournaments. They've been in plenty of finals. I don't necessarily know if they have a mental block. Um, because I, I think that they're pretty darn good experienced players that have a lot of experience playing in big matches. Uh, I don't necessarily know that their mental is being completely shattered every time they see Optic across the stage, but Optic certainly has their number this year. They've been beating them every time they play. And for that reason, I'm going to continue sticking with Optic until I see them lose to FaZe. Uh, you know, this is like the one match that's tough for me. I basically pick Optic in every match that's not against FaZe just because I do think Optic is a top two team. And it's the same thing for FaZe. I pretty much pick FaZe in every match uh, unless they're playing Optic. That's when it becomes a toss-up because I do clearly think that Optic and FaZe are still our top two teams we have. So it's hard to pick anybody to beat them except when they play each other. I'm just off the fact that I do think this series is a toss-up, especially with Optic having a sub. Uh, regardless of how good Prolude's playing, I still think uh, they obviously have better chemistry with Illy because they've been playing with him for much longer and they're good friends with him. Prolude's a little bit newer on the block. I'm going to go Optic 3-2 in this one because, like I said, toss-up series, you know, kind of want to say it's going to be close because I can very easily see FaZe winning this. But just with the fact that Optic's been able to beat them at every turn, no matter who's on the roster, whether it's General or Illy, uh, I think they're going to win, you know. And if they do, like the mental block thing might be real if they do because that means that optic would now have beat phase like every match they played they would have beaten him with illy uh they would have beaten him with general and then they beat him with prolute like at that point you can be like whatever roster we uh take against these guys we just beat them down so this is a big match for both teams face to maybe gain some confidence back versus optic and optic to really get a mental edge over them 
Then our final match of the weekend, Subliners Ultra. This one turns into kind of a banger because of Ultra's improvement and Subliners' improvement as well since the roster change. You guys know these are two teams that, you know, I've kind of been riding with all year. Obviously, when Subliners was way down, we all knew that they sucked. But since the roster change, you guys know I, I've had high hopes for Subliners. I really thought that they could turn into something good and, you know, sort of coming to fruition right now. Not ready to say that they're like the top, top cream of the crop, ready to ready to win champs or anything. But they continue to show improvements. Seems like they're going to be a contender coming down the wire here to potentially be a dark horse team to take it home at champs or at least, you know, be one of those four or five teams we're expecting to have a good shot. Uh, and Ultra are getting back into form. Not ready to say they're really at the level of subliners yet because we need to see a little more with how bad they were for a while there in Respawn. But Ultra do look improved. And we know the players on this roster are high, high, high-level players, and we have faith in them at any point. We know how good their Search and Destroy is, which is something that concerns me for subliners in this series, uh, which is why I'm picking subliners in a 3-1 fashion. Uh, I do definitely give the Search and Destroy edge to Ultra here. And I give the respawn edge to subliners. So I think for that reason, uh, we're going to see subliners take the three respawns and ultra take the search and destroy. Uh, but this is a tough match because ultra haven't looked terrible in respawn as of late. Not like they used to early in the year when they literally couldn't win a hard point. So I could see a way that ultra takes this, but just because of the respawn strength of subliners, they look to be one of the best respawn teams in the game. Uh, I do think they're going to, you know, be able to pull out the three respawns and take it three, one. So that's going to do it for this one. Uh, Obviously, solo a little bit shorter, but we talked about some of the news, you know, the week, the roster changes, potential meta shifts, talked about some of the matches, and then we wrapped it up with our predictions for next week. Uh, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, drop a comment down below on your predictions for the week. You think the, the bounty matches are going to get in people's heads? Are people going to be shaking because there's extra money on the line? Uh, comment your thoughts below on a potential roster change, or not potential roster change, excuse me, potential meta shift. Is the Tommy gun coming in? I know. I'm uh, probably going to play a little ranked play a little bit after this podcast is all edited and probably going to see some demons out there running the Tommy gun in ranked play. Uh, a couple of my friends love to change meta, so I know the second they see that post from CDL Intel, they're throwing the Tommy gun on. Uh, are you guys excited Gunless is back? Obviously, it's a tough situation for Spart, but um, at the very least, at least we now know Gunless is you know feeling good again, feeling healthy, which is definitely a big W. We obviously want to see Pierce get back on the field, uh, get back on the battlefield and you know be healthy. Uh, outside of game is the most important part so that's cool to see if you guys enjoyed this one on youtube be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe if you're on the audio platforms i'd appreciate it if you drop a follow and a review on there uh the support overall has been great despite the cdl you know not giving us a ton of content to talk about but that's going to do it for this one this has been ryan with the cdl podcast and i will see you in the next one thanks for watching everyone